when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It's Austin Walker. I'm coming to you live again, actually live, on December 12th, 2016, from the Brick House in Vice HQ, Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. Joining me, Danielle Riendo. Hi. Patrick Klepik. You, you stumbled on my last name. Got your last name. name. I was going to say, did. come on. <laughs> it's Monday. I spent the whole weekend being woken up by a cat. Yeah. I, I have a roommate who has a cat. I like the cat a lot. Her name is Gracie. She's like 15 or 16. Oh, shoot. She's tiny. Old Gracie. Old Gracie. Yeah. She's got a beard. Oh. Um, she's fantastic. I love her. She's a mustache. She's yeah. great. Th- these are all the things you say before you're about to tear this cat apart. Here's this the cat's going to get a little bit dragged here. <laughs> this cat doesn't respect boundaries. Uh-huh. All I'm saying, I don't need a lot of sleep. I do. I need a lot of sleep. Yeah, you I, do these but days. I've come yeah. to terms with not getting a lot of sleep lately. <laughs> But every hour and a half to two hours since Friday, Gracie has woken me up. Gracie. If I'm not already awake. Like 3.27 a.m. You got, Austin, you got to get up. She's clawing at my <laughs> Is door. Is she like, like pawing at your face? No. So she's she, doing the biscuits? No. She's okay. not doing the biscuits because I lo- closed my door because I don't want her to like literally jump on me to wake yeah, me up. Yeah, yeah. Um, though I did try door open for a while. She like – so what she does is she'll claw at the door a little while. She'll meow. And if that doesn't work, she'll start reaching under the door for things. <laughs> To like grab on anything nearby. Yeah. yeah so I have like a, a coat over a chair or something. It's just like slam. My entire <laughs> coat is on the floor. It's getting dragged through. I have like a big <laughs> key coat. She's like trying to drag it through the bottom Crazy. of my. She like doesn't fuck around. Or if I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna put like a, a, a trash bag near the door so I take it out in the morning or yeah. something. She's like, no, guess what? Grab, pull this through, gonna cut a hole in the bottom of your trash bag. <laughs> Gracie. She's mean. So I tried opening the oh. door also. And that didn't work because then she's just like, yeah, I'm going to come in and just like hop on everything. Yeah. Like she'll do the thing where she's like, all right, I'm here. I'm like, all right, pet. Like, all right, cool. Calm down. I'll go to bed on the, the on my lap while yeah. I sleep or whatever. She's like, no, what I'm going to do is lapse. And she's like, awesome. <laughs> Fucking put your hand out. I'm like, why? Like, put your hand out. I'm like, all right, I'll put my-. She's like, I'm going to do laps and you're going to pet me. Like, I could pet you. I could just pet you. She's like, no, you leave your hand out. And I'm gonna just do laps. <laughs> that sounds like my cats, although they, we love them so much and we spoil just the living crap out of them. So literally. They can come in, I mean, literally. Literally, there's yeah, crap they, all over crap, the house. Well, that's the dog's crap. Okay. But yeah. Yeah, the cats are always like allowed in the bed and like they enjoy cuddling with us, but also attacking our feet. Right. So when they're hungry, there's a lot of foot attacks and a lot of uh, sniffing up our noses. That's a thing that our cats. They do. sniff your. Up They're also your noses? really young. Yeah, they like put their noses right up 
like up to our nose. It's it's cats are weird, man. Cats are just weird animals. Do, you, do I put things up my do nose? You put things up your nose? <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew you were going with this. I mean, in the past, maybe. I mean, not currently. Yeah, not currently. <laughs> like, uh-huh. there's nothing up there. Okay. They want to make sure they're like, oh, there might be cat food in your nose. I don't know. Prove there isn't. Prove there isn't. Uh, I'm we gotta check. check. Yeah, that's how exactly. cats are. That's how Believe cats are. or verify. That's right. What uh? <laughs> on that note, what's your? What about you, Patrick? Ah, uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. I don't got. I don't got any cat stories. You have, you have a dog. It's a tiny dog. I got a tiny dog who uh, we're about to enter the most miserable part of the year, which is called winter, uh, yeah. because she does not like to go outside. Uh, if she her feet are very sensitive, which oh. means uh, you're supposed to put boots on their feet little silicone booties but she doesn't like things on her feet because her feet are sensitive so you can't put boots on the feet (laughs) which means she just doesn't really go outside you have to pick up the dog and you take her to you hope you hope and you pray that another dog has has gone to the bathroom recently Mm -hmm. and so i walk up and down my block uh, this is uh, this is uh uh specifically after like weekends like i've just had where there we had we got like a you know, almost a foot of snow, um, and you know none of it's oh, melted geez. and stuff like that. So it's like you know, if the if the you know sidewalks are clear, I can take her out and it's just fine. But right now, when it's all snow everywhere, I'm looking for yellow snow, yeah. and then th- thanking thanking the gods that there is yellow snow <laughs> because I can set her down. She will sniff it, and then hopefully judge that it's a it's a, it's a spot she can go on. But the the moments that drive me nuts are when she hasn't been out for hours and clearly she has to go to the bathroom and i put her down next to one of those yellow spots and she judges she deems it not worthy not (laughs) worthy of her urine and thus she and then she'll sit there and she'll pad away around she'll judge this urine not worthy of her and then go also my feet are cold can we go back inside and then i just i just i scream sometimes i scream Patrick, I, I, we missed the end of that story because I unplugged our headphones. I laughed. Oh. <laughs> That's what just happened. <laughs> That's fine. Thing. I heard. I was laughing at that. A dog stuff happened. Yeah, dog That's stuff happened. That's what we understand. I got yeah. Snow. Yeah. So, pets. Welcome to pets. Welcome to to, to wait to pets radio. <laughs> wait, wait, pets pet. radio. Yes. How's everything else going? Otherwise, this it's it's Monday morning. Uh, it is it is a cold Monday morning. I it think is. in both of where you are at, where we are at, it's mm-hmm. rainy here, it's snowy there. This is to me like normally the time of the year where I'm like, all right, I I'm not going to go outside. I'm yep. going to say no to social obligations whenever <laughs> I can because it is sad outside and sad inside, and this is a good excuse to play video. It games. becomes the thing where it's like. Please, friends, come to me. And then sometimes I'll do the thing where I go to them. I don't want to go anywhere but a person's house. Right. Where we can play a game and be warm and toasty together and have nice, happy times in a house with a couch. Because I don't want to sit at a bar right now. It's too sad. It's too cold and too sad. Okay, but alternatively, what if you could play games in a bar? Okay, that would help. That would be good. That would help a lot, actually. That would like, make the bars case. Do you have any, like, board game bars near you? Yes. Here? It's a place called Booby Trap, and we play Truth or Dare Jenga there. <laughs> okay. It's like a boob-themed yeah. bar. It's amazing. Right in Bushwick. If you're ever around, Booby Trap. Is this where the debate was between Titty and Titty? 
no, actually, that wasn't where it was, but it should have been because this is a bar that has like breasts on the ceilings. There's a lot of like boob themed things. There are pinup girl, cartoon pinup awesome. girls that you can color in with crayons. It's lovely. It's a great fun for the whole family. <laughs> it really is. I brought my sister and her boyfriend once and they were like, Oh, this is what you get up to. Everything makes sense now, Danielle. This is, awesome. Thank this you. is what New York is. This is what New York is. Perfect. <laughs> Boobs. Lovely. Booby trap. So are you playing anything besides <laughs> besides boob coloring books? Bo- bo- lots of boob coloring books. Uh-huh. No, mostly Pokemon. I had a weekend uh-huh. at home, so I, I kind of, like, seeing my family, there was some deaths in the family, so I, I kind of, you know, I did the healing Pokemon thing. Condolences. Yes, thank you. It's, it's all right. Well, like, yeah. I guess that is totally the sort of game I would want to be playing at a... Like not at a funeral, right? But in in the periphery of a funeral. <laughs> I, I showed my Outside my young cousins the Pokemon. Fine. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. exactly. At the dinner afterwards, I was like, "Check out my Pokemon," and they were all excited about it. It was cool. That was good. That's nice. You know, eleven year olds still like Pokemon. So that's the thing. Like, do you? Did either of you run into that thing of like, oh, you're the cousin or the the aunt or the aunt, whatever that's like. Oh, it's the video game one. Yes. So all the 12-year-olds, like, want to talk to you about video They're games. They're very excited to talk about it. They all want my job, and they all want to come visit here. And I'm like, anytime you're in Brooklyn, you can come to the office. I'll show you all the cool stuff we have. And so now they're, like, bugging their parents. They're like, you can, can you, you can see how we don't play video games all day, even though that's I what I think my job is. <laughs> I was like, I'll be <laughs> typing all day, yep. and that'll be fun. <laughs> the job is so- – I was explaining that to someone recently, to to a someone who was uh, a younger member of the family – uh, who had been told that like, oh, he plays video games all day, and then like breaking it to him that like, no, my job is like way more. It's still a great job, but like, it's not. I love that. it, but it's not. It's a that. job. Yeah. it's still a job. That's like a, a, a five to ten percent yeah. of our jobs is is playing the things, and then otherwise it's it's doing all the other stuff. It might be less than five. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, that's the ideal. Like, it's, like it's playing it at count, night. Right. You know? It's like yeah. in your off time. Of course, yeah. Is, right. That's what I was thinking. That's the five to ten percent. That's supposed to be your home time, Danielle. It's I know. The, that's when you're supposed to go to Booby Bar. That's when I'm supposed to go to Booby Trap. Booby Trap. Sorry, not Booby Bar. That's I mean, I'm sure Booby Bar is another place. Bar. It just right. it is a Booby Bar. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. It's a Booby Bar. It's the Booby Trap. Uh, correct. Right. You got it right. Exactly. Come to Bushwick. We have a lot of fun. <laughs> Great. How about you, Patrick? What did you, what did you get up to this weekend? Man, I'd heard Uh-oh. about this chapter thirteen in Final Fantasy fifteen. Oh, like it's okay. kind of, it's kind of a it's 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 a you're gonna spoil al- some. It's this albatross that I have heard about for like the weeks <laughs> leading up to it. And so, like you know, la- you know, on Saturday night, uh, my wife went to bed early. I had some time. I'm like, I'm in the final sprint of Final Fantasy fifteen, and you know, I was talking about it on Friday. Like, I want to try and put this game to bed, um, and so I hit chapter 13, and I'm like, how bad could it be? Like, come on. Like, maybe this has just become a meme at this point. Like, oh, they're patching it. Like, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, how that chapter 13 is, it is both literally and figuratively a nightmare. Um, <laughs> I, w- okay. It wasn't clear to me I was yeah. ever going to escape. Like, it, w- it wouldn't have surprised me if, like, the, the reason people are freaking out about chapter 13 is because it never ends and there's no ending to the game. And you just continue <laughs> gotcha. to play chapter 13 Good. for like the rest of your life and, and, and you're stuck there. It's, it, it's bad. Um, is chapter 13 Frog Fractions 2? Man, you know, at this point, anything might be, I would have preferred it to be Frog Fractions 2 than chapter 13 of Final Fantasy 15. Is what I'm saying. It's, and, and what it is, is it's indicative of like this larger, so f- chapter 13 of Final Fantasy 15, I don't want to, uh, it's a sort of, it's a stealth section that takes away okay. all of your I've weapons, heard that. and then you have to play the game fundamentally different than uh, how you've played it before, uh, which in and of itself 
uh, is not a bad thing. It's a little right. strange when it comes at the very end of the game, at the moment when you like you're supposed to be applying like how you've you know theoretically been playing the game before to a higher level. Even all that aside, uh, it's Final Fifteen uh, has all these different moments that are clearly inspired by other games. Like there are uncharted sequences all the time <laughs> in Final Fantasy okay. Fifteen. There are. Uh, this is clearly a stealth horror section. Like the it, it in a certain way, I admire the fact that this game imbues itself with a lot of like very clear influences like games they looked at and went why can't final fantasy be that in 2016 right. like why does final fantasy have to be in this box why don't we try this we can other do whatever stuff? we want yeah it just sort of feels like they took the ideas and were like oh no oh we got to put content in this game and so like this section that should have either have been a uh, small amount uh, of the game as opposed to like a two hour epic, <laughs> like, uh, which is like the, the uniqueness of 13 uh, is novel for about 15 minutes and then becomes uh, just a real problem um, mm. because it's just really pretty poorly designed. But uh, I've never played a game that I feel so conflicted about, which is also why I find it so interesting and also why I wanted to play it in the first place. Like everything I, I sort of criticize or complain about with 15 is also part of the reason I like it. Because right. it's just yeah. so strange, and they went for it, and going for it does not mean it's a good idea. So, like, like the term <laughs> they went for it does not necessarily connotate that, like, they accomplished it. Right, um, but they sure did try. Yeah. And I actually, I was joking about the Frog Fractions, like, like connection there, or the comparison, but actually when I think about Frog Fractions, or when I think about other comedy games of that, of that ilk, there is a sort of, like, Oh, you're not going to be doing the same thing this whole time. You're going to be, we're going to be iterating on the thing that you do. There will be different sub games that you play. Like, you'll start by being a frog on a lily pad, like catching things. <laughs> and then by the end, there will be like a weird economic simulation. Yeah. Right. And so like, there is, I, I do like it when big budget games experiment in that way because other big budget forms of entertainment and art do experiment like yeah. that. Right. Like, you know, we, we often compare games to movies and stuff, but also in terms of their length, something like Final Fantasy 15 is more comparable to like a TV show. And like right. TV shows will sometimes have weird one-off horror episodes yeah, or called, like uh, bottle episodes. Is right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so like that's totally a viable thing on paper. It's just a matter of like, did you execute? Yeah. Uh, did you do it well? <laughs> it doesn't sound like that in this one case. It, it necessarily did. Does it do it? Like, again, I'm still way early. I did put some more time into it this weekend, but I'm still way, 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 way earlier right. than you. Uh, are you, do you find that the other excursions off into other genre works? No, not now, not <laughs> at all. <laughs> I mean, not even, okay. It, uh, largely because it, it, it just feels, uh, like their first attempt at it, right? Uh, which is not to say it actually is. I'm sure this went through all sorts of iteration and, you know, it ends up where it ends up and then a game mm -hmm. has to be shipped. And it is, it is clear, uh, for all sorts of reasons that Final Fantasy 15 was kind of, Hey, this has to ship. Uh, you know, right. like, there, there are very clear signs in the way that game was delayed that, uh, this came kind of as, as close to the metal, you know, uh, pedal to the metal as possible to just kind of get it out the door. Um, but like the Uncharted sequences, uh, like are, are, are sort of like these, uh, they're just not very well done, but like you look at it and see, oh, I see what you were trying to do. It's right. just not particularly well done. So it's like I admire the fact that they're mixing things up, taking influences from uh, non-Japanese games and and just from sort of like broader genre uh, sort of like plucking. Um, and that makes me excited. It's just like its current iterations uh, just aren't aren't particularly well done. So it's almost hard to tell is the team just – they're just getting started figuring out like how to do this stuff or right. like, is it that the team is not capable? Like it's hard to know. I mean, I play 15 and part of what makes me excited about it is that 
for as sort of like haphazard and like as much of a grab bag as it is as sort of in terms of genre and tone. Um, like it makes me excited to have this team look at what worked and what didn't work. I think you can look at the arc of just the demos they released, which I didn't play, but from all accounts, uh, as you, uh, Austin, I know you played the other, uh, demos or at least touched on them and like yep. the combat being like so it's kind of objectively awful in, in early iterations. You know, there are people who really liked the, the Disguise demo. Uh, combat. I never was able to wrap my head around it in, in a way that was meaningful or fun. Okay. Like, uh, this is all from memory. I'm probably getting some stuff wrong here, but there was weapon switching still in the same way. Like, you were still Noctis with the different, like, ethereal weapons that you could call forth. But you did special moves based on, like, when you switched between the weapons mid-combo. Hmm. Um, which is definitely the sort of thing that I imagined could be really cool if you spend dozens of hours getting used to that combat and, like, <laughs> right. internalize that sure. system. Um, again, maybe I'm misremembering how that worked. It's been a couple of years. But I never, it never clicked for me during the length of that demo. And then the other thing I mentioned to you last week was, like, the other thing with playing, I wish I hadn't played that demo at all because there right. have been a couple of things that are really cool that I saw on that demo that now don't have that same impact. Um, with me here. And it's, it's weird because like, I, I've always been a, a person who doesn't get bothered by spoilers. Like, I'm not spoiler phobic yeah. in that sense. Um, I, I, I respect the need. I respect the, the desire for people not to be spoiled. I think there's actually a, a pretty good class argument against being like very uh, open with spoilers publicly. I also am a critic, which means I like being able to spoil things while I talk about them, <laughs> right. like, because it helps me. To, You're coming to, from all sides. I'm coming from all sides. That's right. right That's totally. Right. Um, but in the last like year, I've become like a little bit more interested in going into stuff with less information about it. Maybe that's not true. I don't know. I'm ambivalent. <laughs> well, you know, when you're coming from all sides, sometimes yeah. you get a little ambivalent. Stuff. It's a turn I understand. Out. So I read an article like a year ago about someone who saw The Force Awakens without having ever seen any trailer for it, without having ever seen anything about it at all. And like, that's that was hard. a deeply emotional like experience for that person. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's cool. Like I liked that movie. I wrote about that movie. I enjoyed it. I have had thoughts about it. Thoughts that I was able to start percolating on months before I even saw it." So like that experience of like having this intellectual relationship with it and slowly working over its its questions about like legacy and and parenthood and all that stuff was something I could do because I engaged with the pre-production materials and the, the you know, the uh, publicity materials yeah. and all that. Um, and I like that. But I also like, what if I did just have a little bit of wonder in, you know, in, on something? Uh, Cameron Kunzelman, who, who is one of our regular contributors, once wrote a, a piece years ago about trying to get wonder back in games and like the feeling of wonder. And I respect that and, and have started thinking about it a little bit more, whether or not that's something I want to look for. You know? Yeah. It's hard know. to do if, you're in this job, though. It is. I mean, that's it's, that's it's true. We're in it's sort of like uh, you need to at least be aware. It doesn't mean you're going to preview yeah. events necessarily or playing, you know, pre-production, not pre-production, whatever, early builds, early builds of things, yeah, demos totally. of things. But it, it you kind of need to sort of know what's going on. Yeah. And it's hard to not be at least somewhat aware of what's coming out, who's doing what, et cetera, et cetera. And sometimes that, that information helps me enjoy something more. Yeah. So I think about like when Monaco came out, I sure. followed Monaco very closely in its, in its production. Um, and along the way had just kind of learned how the systems worked. And so when it came out, I was able to like do some of the harder levels a little bit earlier than my friends were or like help guide them through that stuff because I understood some weird mid-game mechanics in yeah, a way that cool. they didn't, yeah. which helped me understand that game. And that's a really, interesting thing or like i think about we've talked about dark souls in this way before that like oh leaving the game is the way you get good at the game like going mm -hmm. onto forums yeah. digging into that stuff with people 
And I don't even mind spoiling myself on some light things in, in games like that ahead of time so that I know, like, from the jump, all right, faith is busted in this in this version. Like, intelligence <laughs> right. builds are busted in this version. Like, I'm not going to build that sort of character, um, which you only get if you go out before you ever touch the thing. Yeah, like, I mean, know? in Dark Souls 3, like, I got sort of screwed because I decided to invest right. in a certain side of magic. I guess must have been, I think it was faith. And, like, I essentially Shit. wasted, like, 30 yeah. points because because like i was like cool i'm Whoa. gonna do this uh this faith build that is with dex weapons and it's gonna be great and instead i just like completely wasted like a whole arc of the game uh i had a much weaker character because i didn't have that information so that's like where spoil that's not a spoiler that's just like a game that you know some games are intentionally obtuse and are meant to be sort of peeled back with communities right. and then uh other things aren't like you know i mean if i wasn't uh you know a critic and someone that uh, follows the series like I wouldn't be watching anything about Resident Evil 7. Like, right. I don't want, like, part of that game and its air of mystery is the appeal to me, uh, is like going, like, and especially for horror, like horror, I think especially is extremely sensitive to, uh, spoilers where like knowing about like what's ahead is actually detracts from the experience of sort of like in- engaging with it emotionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for like RE7, it's like, I know enough about that, enough that I can talk about it and speak to it like as a, a jar- you know, larger industry game and what it represents for the franchise. But like, I haven't watched like the last two or three trailers because I don't, like, I get it. Like, I don't need to know like whether there's a shotgun in the game in order to <laughs> right. speak to it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Totally. Well, I, I, I hope that that, our changing desires around this stuff helps inform how we want to cover stuff before release too, yeah. right? Like, we definitely have the opportunity to talk to developers sometimes and say, like, so is there a shotgun in it? And, like, I want <laughs> us to be able to – and the reason we did that for so long, I think, is that for us, that might not be what's interesting. But for a wide audience, that can be what's interesting, right? right. I mean, this is the – I, I remember being 16 and going to IGN.com or GameSpot to see the, like, every wrestler entrance that they would have as an exclusive. Like, yeah. yeah, I want to see it. Like, I want to see Bret Hart enter. Play, hit that music. Like, he has on those sunglasses. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and so, like, that, I, I think there is an audience for that stuff. But I, I think as the, as the kind of media side of, of games, you know, uh, the games industry gets older, I've seen more and more previews and, and interviews and stuff that instead of saying like how many shotguns are there, it's like a little bit more into like how does that oh, shotgun I, feel? Right at the very at the very how did, how did you? What was your inspiration for that shotgun? for this shotgun? Was it a real shotgun or a video game? Did you shotgun? shoot some zombies in the face? Yeah, like did yeah. you do was that, that for you real? Like you got to make sure. Also, uh, uh, I want to shout out Titanfall shotgun real quick. Yeah, which works like the way a shotgun does, which is to say there's range on it. The thing that happens in video game shotguns all the time is that they're like really long punches. Yeah. Like not that long, but like you could basically jump out long and hit somebody. Ahead, but no, in a real a real shotgun actually has some range. And like Titanfall actually has some range. That's See, a that's, small that's tiny good. thing. It's I'm not saying we only need realistic shotguns, but I like it when they try that. <laughs> I, I like understand. it when they like break from the 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 dogma of video game shotgun religion. Yeah. The language of the shotgun. Exactly. Yes, the language of the video game shotgun. So did either you play anything else this weekend? Right, exactly. It's Doom. It's like, and I get it. It's a good-ass shotgun. I get why you want to, like, recreate Doom shotgun. But there are other shotguns. You try other things. (laughs) There are other shotguns. Title the episode. I like it. (laughs) There are other shotguns. Your shotgun was in another castle. I don't know. Yeah, but I wish we'd said that at the end of, like, a dope metaphor about life. And instead... I mean, I feel like it is a dope Mm. metaphor about life. About punching guys in the face with bullets. Right. There are other ways. There are other shotguns. (laughs) There are other ways to do that, you know? There's always a shotgun. Got it. (laughs) Uh... 
Anything else going on this week? Anyone excited for anything before we, we dip into this old question? Are there, are, there new, are there new games this week? What else? Uh, like Dead what Rising is, came out. I, I do want did. to go back and play that. Yes. I heard it's like dumb uh, fun. I'm excited to play that. I'm also excited. I just got Steep. I haven't started oh, awesome. it yet, but <laughs> yeah, I think game, that's the, out yesterday. No, it came out earlier than that. Everyone's just yeah. forgotten about oh, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I like snowboarding games. Snowboarding school. So I want to give it a shot. Do you know why they didn't? really push that game at all? I don't know. I, I mean, I've played, like, preview builds at oh. events and such, and it seemed like some fun snowboarding and okay. wingsuiting. And par- We're gonna play it par- paragliding. Yeah. Yes. Uh, no, it's it's, oh, it's wingsuiting, not- yeah, par- skiing, snowboarding, and what's the fourth? There I is a like parachute. A fourth. There's a parachute. Oh, there's also I've seen parachute. people with parachutes. Parachuting as so well. It might be paragliding. Yeah. Something I, like that. I, You're on the mountains. I like mountains. Sounds like fun. I'll give it a shot tonight. Yeah, that sounds good. Patrick, anything else? No, I, I'm looking right. to play Last Girl. I'm actually like deeply curious to hear what Steep is and whether you enjoy it, uh, Danielle, because that game, yeah. like the trailer seemed rad. And, you know, I, like a lot of other people, really, you know, wish a, a series like SSX still existed. Yes. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And so it's like anytime uh, they announce a, a new snowboarding game, my question is always like, what does this mean in relation to SSX? Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, because right. yeah. really, like, <laughs> I would, I would love nothing. I, I wish EA would make another one of those. I understand why they won't, and they probably won't. So I'm, yeah, I'm curious to see if that game would scratch that itch at all. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's weird because I remember an era of every other game, like snowboarding games, were almost like their own little genre. Yeah. It was like you even know, Nintendo made one. 1080. There was 1080. There was snowboard kids. Like the N64 had a whole bunch of snowboarding cool borders. games. Mm-hmm. Cool borders. Cool borders. Two, three, and four. Yeah, there are a, a lot of cool of borders games. Yeah, there yeah. are plenty of those. Amped is that? Amped was a snowboarding game. That's not just an energy drink. No, it was also drink? a snowboarding <laughs> okay. game for sure. Maybe that. Maybe they were sponsored. By I don't know. That. Matt. Matt. Snowman's. Snowboarding. Matt Snowman snowboarding. Seanman. Sean White. Sean White is. Sean. I think Sean White's a. Snowman. Sean Snowman. No, Sean, Sean White. <laughs> it was Wait, Sean it was White. Sean, it was a Ubisoft game. I think, I think it was. No, Sean White. Was Sean White skateboarding or snowboarding? snowboarding. No, he's a snowboarder. I know yeah, that. But, but he did release a skateboarding he game. He was the carrot top he, dude. Yeah. Right, but he did release the skateboarding game where you grind on things and neon Tron lights happen and it paints oh, the world. Wow. And you can paint things. It's called okay. Sean White skateboarding. That's actually amazing. he wanted to get into skateboarding. That actually sounds really rad. It's it's 100% true. That sounds like a fun game. I'm sorry. I, for, for Sean White, cause I hear that Tony game. Tony Hawk's Sean White. But Sean White snowboarding yeah. also existed. Good. You're right. Patrick's game, see? it was released. Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> sure. See? see? You're like, okay, I guess this is real. Uh huh. Why would they, why would they make game? that game? I don't know. <laughs> cause they have the license. <laughs> they have the IP, the Sean White, the exclusive Sean White IP. Sean, Sean was just hanging out and they're like, well, all right. What do you uh, want to do, Sean? <laughs> skateboard and Tron and painting. Okay, sure. Those Let's, are cool player experience goals, are, all those right? Those things you can want to do. sound like fun. Thank you for using the, the official terminology. You know what? Player, player experience, experience goals. goals. Peg. Peg. Yeah, sometimes mm-hmm. you got to peg it right. You know what I'm saying? Okay. 
It's not what I meant, but it's a, what I said. It's definitely a Peggy I'm 18 really podcast. I'm really glad Peggy 18 all the way, baby. <laughs> this comes in from T on the subject of IP. I only recently got in. We're going into the question bucket. If yep. there's any question yep. about it. We're right in the bucket I'm now. getting out of this and going into the question bucket. <laughs> Skimming from the top. It's Monday. It means we're getting fresh questions. Fresh from the top. If you want to email us, if you want your questions Don't read. Don't point at me. If you... <laughs> Stop it. We have webcams now for people listening on the podcast. I'm pointing at Patrick. Okay, there's a point. Uh, if you want to send your question in, where, where can people send them? Questions at... Nope, wait, no. wrong. <laughs> Gaming at Vice.com. Questions at Idle Weekend. That's a different... That's your other podcast. Gaming at Vice.com with the subject uh, question. Question. Make you, sure you get that subject in there. Otherwise, yeah. we'll think it's a pitch and we'll put it in a different so I, box. Yeah, I have a podcast questions label. I have a pitches label. See, I have nice. all sorts of labels. That's very nice. I, you know, people are yeah. against labels these days, but I can't. They're helpful in email. <laughs> in email, okay? not, good for, people, not good for people. Not good for people. Good for email. Labels. This comes in from T, who says, I only recently got into the Assassin's Creed games after ignoring the series and everything that had to do with it for years. But after playing, <laughs> but after playing Black Flag, I can confidently say this type of game is totally my jam, and I regret not getting into this series sooner. Well, hold, hold your editorializing about whether or not Black Flag is, is representative of that overall. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> that was a bad first one to play. Ooh, in that, it's a, a really point. good one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, now, my question is: Are there any other types of games or or IPs that you wish you'd gotten into sooner? For instance, because you've been missing out on the hype, or for practical reasons such as the presence of a player base in online games. Mm. P.S. Great job on the site. Thanks, Aww. T. Thanks, T. I definitely have one of these. Yeah. Uh, I never played a Zelda game. Until Ocarina of Time. And I feel like I missed the boat a little bit okay. on Link to the Past. And I've sort of gone back and tried to play that. And I've, you know, I've played the original, like, I'm playing it a little bit on the NES Classic. Sure. And I, and I like them and I appreciate them, but I feel like I have been a little bit spoiled by sort of some of the niceties of mm. later Zelda design. And I, and I consider myself a pretty big Zelda fan as well. Like I, you know, I ride or dive for Majora's Mask kind of thing, you know? Yep. Uh, welcome but, to Waypoint. But, yeah, welcome to Waypoint. And also Wind Waker. Don't, they, you know, yeah, I love them good. both kind those of equally. Both great. Uh, but yeah, I feel like a little bit, like I've had a hard time kind of getting into the older ones because of that. Sure. How about you, Patrick? Uh, the Persona games. Uh, specifically oh, Persona sure. 4. Mm. Uh, and so the reason I started playing Dark Souls was largely because I felt left out. It was like... Uh, there was a certain threshold of people that I respected and liked games that I enjoyed that was mm-hmm. so into that series that I was like, okay, I've got to give it another shot. Like, it just doesn't make sense that all these other people where our tastes line up, like, this is the one game <laughs> where it doesn't make sense. And then right. I got through that barrier. And I have nothing against, I, 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 you know, I'm playing through a, you know, a JRPG right now. Like, I love JRPGs, uh, but Persona 4 is just, like just kind of got a. I'd never really played the Persona games before, so I didn't yeah. really see a reason why I needed to jump in at four. Except that everyone started flipping out for Persona Four and has you know since that game uh, came out, and I I feel that anxiousness as Persona Five is coming forward. Like I know the games are not connected, and I know that like I don't need to have played four to understand five like necessarily. Right, right. Um, but like I really I feel like I've missed out on like a game that people put in like their top ten list of like games of all time all time yeah uh, it's and my girlfriend's favorite game yeah and yeah my yeah, guess so, and it's, yeah. it's it's actually kind of tough because like i know i'm gonna love that game i just don't yeah. know where i find the time to play that An 80 game. hour long <laughs> yeah. rpg yeah that's a long it's that's long fair. I, I have like the opposite thing which is like there's lots of things that i used to be up on and fell off of right 
We're, like when I was younger, I was very much a like, oh no, I play good games. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I like the the sort of like elitist, shitty like. Oh, I don't only plebes care about genre. Like <laughs> past Austin was the fucking worst. But that meant, but on the other hand, like that did end up pushing me into a place where like, yeah, I'll play a great sports game. Yeah, I'll play a great racing game. Yeah, I'll play a great JRPG or a Western RPG or a strategy. Like I played. As much of everything I could, which which is how I eventually broke the weird elitism, was just like eventually enough of it broke down that I just, oh yeah, it's cool to like a bunch of things. Yeah. Like that's cool. But in the process, I ended up zeroing in on the sorts of things I really like, and like I haven't played a, a football game in ages. Mm. I like really, I've played a football game. Like I've I've played a couple of games of of uh, Madden or something, Madden you know twenty twelve or something. Uh, I haven't played a Madden since since the early 2010s. Yeah. Uh, I haven't played a FIFA game in ages. Uh, I've played one of the Pro Evolution Soccer's in the last three or four years, a little bit. But, like, I used to love those games, like, to death. And yeah. the thing that reminded me of that was I actually did a review for uh, GameSpot, like, a year and a half ago, a little bit more than that, for Project Cars, which is a racing mm. game that's like a super simulation heavy racing game that I think is like a brilliant racing game because it was just about driving cars and like it was just about the joy of driving cars and tuning cars and like figuring out the best racing line and there weren't like intense progression mechanics. I played it soon after coming off of the crew, which I did not like very much, but sure. thought had promise and thought one of the big things that the crew had missed was that like, oh, Driving is fun. Like, that's a, a fundamental thing that car games should be built on, is that driving itself is fun. Like, going fast in a car is a fun <laughs> thing a to fun be thing. doing. <laughs> and so, when Project Cars got that right, it reminded me, like, oh, man, I haven't... I'd left this entire genre behind for a decade or something. Every now and then, something draws me back into some old genre that I'd left behind. Yeah. So, that's that's my that's my example of that, for sure. Here's a, Here's one. This comes in from... from uh, Akshan is very important to me, and I need to know Waypoint's stance on the original release of Doom 3 that did not have flashlight technology. <laughs> That's not true exactly. There was flashlight technology, right? Yeah. You just couldn't use flashlight and a weapon at the same That's time. That's what it was. Yeah, you had to hit a button to switch was, uh, between them. Um, I've seen this called the no duct tape. There was no duct tape. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, there, yeah. Was a, there was a duct tape mod, <laughs> which right. like someone immediately put into the game that allows you to strap a uh, flashlight. And then I believe... The re-release, the BFG edition yeah. that came years and years later, just yeah. uh, added that in at, at core, or maybe it software patched it later. But I know at some point it became sort of like irrelevant to, to the game as a design decision. Um, I don't know. I, I can't. Like, there, I, there's I, more I, of this question. There's more of this question. Okay, okay. Right. even more. Sorry, there's, it goes deeper. Okay. Jeez, I could talk about Doom Three for 15 minutes. So I was I like bet. there. <laughs> I bet. How do you feel about games that use flashlight mechanics from batteries to Metro's flashlight hand pump technology? It's one way to build tension, but when does it cross the line to becoming cheap? I, for me, it's like, as always, my answer is going to be like, it depends on the implementation. Like, yes. if you want to tell me that there's a, a game that has flashlight batteries, like, cool, but the battery spread in terms of collectibles better be correctly done so that I don't end up for a long period of time with no batteries. I should always be in that period of feeling like, oh, do I have enough? Or it should be, you know, it should be set up so that, like, sometimes I have a lot and sometimes I have a little and that's effective. And it's so easy to spawn something in, you know, like, see, like, how long it's been. I'm just saying, that's not hard You're saying that it should be fixable. It should be fixable, yes. Okay. So what do you think, Patrick? You can talk about Doom 3 now. (laughs) I remember that was like a it was a it was like a huge thing when Doom Three came out. This whole 
uh, flashlight uh, design. Because the id Software, from what I remember, defended it fiercely, saying this was a risk-reward mechanic, um, right. which I think is a totally uh, uh, like understandable way to defend that uh, as a design, except that it's like – it doesn't line up with what like a super space marine would be able to do, which is like to figure out how right. to do both those, right? Like, so I don't have an issue with the fact that uh, you're swapping between the two. They just need a better narrative reason to like more. Sure. Like, I think people would have bought it better if it just didn't seem so boneheaded for like this guy who was fighting thousands of aliens can't just like <laughs> combine these two <laughs> so he can do his job better. Um, that's why I think a game like Outlast, uh, in, in which you are uh, uh, shrouded in darkness. Um, when you're not holding up your camera, um, and then when you hold your camera, you get a night vision mode and that battery drains. Um, and so there's a, a, like a re, like, even though it's happening faster than obviously how batteries drain in real life, um, you can sort of, as my dog runs around, um, you can understand that, like how they heighten that mechanic and, and speed up the battery depletion, um, as a way of like, uh, heightening the tension in the game. And I can buy that. Like, I don't have any problem with like a battery depleting super fast because it's still, it makes sense. Like, oh, you use something, it depletes, and then you've got to go recharge it or find new batteries. Like that works, uh, fine for me. So I think it's a, a fine line. Um, but, uh, I'm, you know, I'm usually like, it's too bad because I love the idea of what Doom 3 does, uh, of, of, Creating that risk reward, I just think it was implemented poorly for people to to buy it. How about you? I any, agree with any that. Flashlight. I w- actually, issues? Outlast was the thing I was going to yeah. also say. That's, it's, like, it's, that's a good example. I guess Alien Isolation also does something similar with it, although it's risk reward in a different sense. The alien will sense you faster if you're kind oh. of using your flashlight in the tunnels. Yeah, and that's the only time you're really using it because typically that's the only sort of real dark area, and it's like. Flash it on just to see what's in front of you and then flash it right off because otherwise it'll be easier to see. So that's another one where it's like it, it kind of makes some narrative sense uh, in the way they do it. It's not battery. It's not tied into right. batteries necessarily, but it's that general idea with the flash. Yeah. Yeah. The motion detector is a good example in that exactly. game where, yeah. you know, when you whip it out, it uh, uh, I feel like I just did a Danielleism right You there. did. It's mm. okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, nice. it's cool. Yeah. Uh, we all do it sometimes. When you use the motion detector, you know, it makes sound, which is going to attract the yeah. creature. And so, yes, you're going to know where it is, but then you might, uh, you know, sort of like, and that's an example of like one of those mechanics that makes sense narratively. Like you can buy the risk reward. Um, totally. And it's fun to, to engage with. So I think like, you know, yeah. that, it's just thinking through those design decisions. And, and also Doom 3 is a really great game. I hate the fact that people don't like Doom 3. Doom 3 is great. It's, it happens, Patrick. People it's pretty don't good. Like the things. Speaking of, i talking about a game called Dragon's Dogma, which doesn't have flashlights, but does have one, like the scariest dark nights. I think Final Fantasy 15 like wants to do that a little bit, not in that it makes the night dark, but in that like literally harder monsters come out at night. Right. Uh the demons come out, demons come out the at demons. night. The demons. Uh but in in Dragon's Dogma it's really important to be prepared for nighttime. I wrote about this earlier this year, but like you need to have uh, enough oil for your lantern. You need to make sure that you don't get like soaked because if you do, the lantern goes out and then you have to, like oh. put it away and then take it back out. And then if you really want to like prepare Certain classes have abilities that literally will, like, put light into the air. So when I play as a magic archer, I almost always, when I know I'm going on a long quest, like, bring the thing that lets me put a flare into the air to, like, light things. And that's cool because it's a different sort of kind of risk-reward, or it's, it's sort of a trade-off of, like, that could have been a really cool combat ability I brought with me. But instead, I brought this thing that lets me see a little bit better, which is useful but is not as good maybe as being able to lock on on 12 things and shoot a magic arrow that splits and hit all, hits all 12 things. 
you know, it's which, pretty cool ability. And I like that as a as a thing of just like, okay, yeah, you can have light, but here you do some sort of trade off for for having it. Besides just being spotted, it's it's another it's another version of that which I like. I like I like it when people are like, okay, well, what's another thing we can do with this mechanic? What's another way we could another type of choice that you can make? Well, and Dragon's Dogma specifically uh, makes this a a frustrating trade off that I don't think makes the game better, but makes the uh-huh. nighttime stuff more effective is the lack of fast travel. Um, yes. which is to say you can fast travel in that game, but it requires very expensive items that you don't get access to very often, which means yeah. you beat the game and then don't use any of your fast travel items. <laughs> which so is they what... fixed, fixed that in the deals in, in the expansion, in the DLC, right? In, yeah. Uh, in, in uh bitter black isles, dark arisen, which is like the, the kind of game of the year version that has the expansion in it. You just get a thing called like the eternal fairy stone and it can go to any of the, any of the spots for free, Any which is which is how it game. how it should have worked, but there there I was guess, yeah. there, but there was uh or maybe there's a middle ground between the two of yeah. those um in which you have to you know you you know maybe if you fast travel you lose half your experience or I don't know like, I'm trying to think of some way that they could sort of cut down on players wanting to do it every single time um because mm-hmm. part of what like otherwise it's very easy to avoid nighttime and so but part of the you know the the fun of the nighttime in Dragon Song was like well if i go fight some more monsters if i go do one more quest like i'll get a little more stuff but then i might have to trek back to you know the big central city uh in the dark uh in which you know things can go really poorly and when you introduce fast travel you negate a lot of the tension there so you know it's one of those like I, you know i, I I wanted fast travel or something that was more effective than running from one side of the map to the other in the way that I played that game. But I also recognize how much the lack of fast travel actually helped uh, certain aspects of the game that I did enjoy. Awesome. Yeah, totally. That pretty much reflects my experience for sure. I want to play more Dragon's Dogma all the time. I, I want to play it. it. I should, we should do we a should stream where you introduce maybe, me. To maybe Wednesday. Game. Maybe Wednesday we should, we should play some Dragon's They need to bring over that idea. MMO. They fucking do, and then we can do it. We have a guild. We can have a Dragon's ah! Dogma guild. A Waypoint a Dragon's Dogma guild. guild. I'll uh, do another real quick one, and then, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up today. This one's this one's a pretty uh, uh, selfish one on my part. Good. This comes in from Jesse. Um, my group of friends and I want to get into pen and paper RPGs, and I've offered to be the GM because I've played a few sessions of D&D in high school, and I've always been that nerd who owns RPG books but has never really used them. I was that nerd for a long time also. I still am in some ways. Like, I definitely buy RPG books the way I think some people might buy movies. It's just like, yeah. I'm not very going to have time <laughs> to watch this, it. but I want to have it. Yeah. Or, or I want to support it. Like, oh yeah. man, this person, Ben Robbins, who made this game I love, made a new game. I'm definitely going to support it, even if I never find an excuse to run it. Um, the players decided they wanted to be cyberpunk-themed, which I'm totally on board with, and I've been yeah. kicking around some ideas for a campaign. I know you're a big cyberpunk fan Hell as well. Yes. Uh, however, I've run into a bit of a roadblock in that I can't seem to choose a game system I like. The two most popular seem to be Cyberpunk 2020, which is the game that The Witcher, uh, the TD Project Red Cyberpunk oh, yeah. game is based off of gotcha. in that universe, Cyberpunk 2020, and Shadowrun. Both seem fine, but also a bit too mechanic-heavy for my group of beginners. Absolutely. For example, the hacking both sounds like it would be a terrible experience for anyone else at the table who wasn't part of the hacking. Absolutely <laughs> true. That is like the go-to problem with Cyberpunk tabletop games is like, if you have a hacker, chances are you have to develop an entire side thing for them to deal with. While the rest of the group is like not hacking stuff and is like shooting stuff. And like that is not a great use of your prep resources. Like yeah. if you imagine designing a D&D world, like, or think about even a, a video game that deals with this stuff where it's like, Oh, right. Here's a, you have a fighter and a mage and, uh, and a, a healer or whatever. You build the dungeon for them. But imagine like in the dungeon, suddenly there's a whole other wing of the dungeon <laughs> Just that only for one, one person. person can engage with. And it's like a real tricky thing. It's always been, um, 
Austin is someone who's very knowledgeable in both the cyberpunk and tabletop RPG worlds. I'm willing to bet you know what other systems I should check out. Also, any other tips for a first-time GM who's going to be using Roll20 would be greatly appreciated. Uh, so Roll20 is an online thing that you can use. It's what I use for Friends at the Table. It's what I use for any sort of like long-distance tabletop role-playing game thing. It's not an endorsement necessarily. I think it's pretty good. I think it could be better in some, some key instances. The two games I would advise people look into who want to do tabletop cyberpunk things. One is called Technoir. It's by uh, Jeremy Keller, and it's really cool because it is a cyberpunk game, but it is a cyberpunk game that is in the vein of, of uh, like, it, it wants to replicate the structure of uh, noir films. Oh, so it's all about no trading more, yeah. punishment back and forth. You kind of have um, dice that you you have you know you roll dice to see if you can do things right obviously, but then the players start with with these certain dice called push dice, which is where they push themselves a little bit further. And it's a game also based around adjectives, where like instead of doing damage, you put different degrees of adjectives on people. So like if you were trying to seduce someone, the basic level of it could be like uh, you could give them the interested adjective; they're interested in you. A little bit higher, you can make it a little stickier; it could like last for more than a, a fleeting moment, and you could give them that the adjective like. Um, enamored or something. Mm-hmm. And then you give them a really, a permanent one that's like obsessed or in love or something like that. And it's really cool because once you do that, the GM gets those dice and then can hurt you back. And the example that the, that the developer of, of it, the designer uses is that like, if you think about something like Chinatown, where like, how does, uh, uh, Jake, the, the lead character in Chinatown, get things solved. It's not because he detects things. He's not like a great detective. No. He busts into places and like gets his nose broken or slashed. And this is a game where to, to progress the storyline, you have to slash, you have to get your nose slashed. You have to get beat up. You have to fall in love. You have to get injured. And that's how you end up pushing the story forward. And so it's like a procedural web system of storytelling. The GM doesn't design a mystery. They design a world. And then based on how things roll and how things come out, different connections are formed. It's really fascinating. Um, the other one that I'll suggest is the Sprawl, which is like Dungeon World, what we played, but cyberpunk. Oh, man. Really simple dice mechanic. Really yeah. cool. You can hear both of those things at friendsofthetable.net. My second season of that show, which is my, my like actual play podcast, was a cyberpunk and mech-themed show um, and a little bit of noir and some anime. Uh, and if you listen to the second season of that, the show called Counterweight, um, you can hear me. We start with Tech Noir and then we move on to the sprawl when I realize that Tech Noir is super cool, but not meant for podcast play. Definitely meant for like you have some friends over play and things can, you can take a little bit more time coming up with cool adjectives than like needing to be on the ball and yeah, quick and, yeah. and playful. Improv it. Um, and then just general thing, ask questions to your, your players. I, I kind of said this on the AMA that I did last week, but like, the best thing a GM can do is say, hey, how do you know this thing? Or what is the answer to this thing? If you watch the 72-hour stream uh, Dungeon World game we did, Adam was constantly asking us questions. Like, what is the one weakness of skeletons? Like, how did this, you know, where did you find this thing? And then, like, use the answer to develop off of that. It gets your players involved and it, it kind of guides them. It lets them be part of the collaborative process of world building. And that's really good. So those are the two games I would suggest. Tech Noir by Jeremy Keller. And the sprawl by uh, Hamish. Hamish. I always don't know how to pronounce Hamish. The name. Probably. Ha- yeah, Hamish. Uh, fuck. I want to say black, but that's a different person. I forget Hamish's <laughs> last name. Hi, Hamish. Thanks, the sprawl. Hamish. Find it. It's great. I'm uh, gonna become such a tabletop. You should. Nerd. I should. The just more start you talk about this, the more right. I'm like, oh, like, I want to do as this. As someone who loves game design, you've yes. understand that there has been a decade, fifteen years of really smart, independent. 
like uh, alternative game design in the in the tabletop space yeah. where people are pushing that genre really into really cool places. It's something I want to definitely hit in 2017. Like I've I've big plans for trying to shine lights into that into that space for people who don't know about it. I think though that that's going to do it for us this week. Where can people find y'all on the internet, Danielle? Oh, Danielle Ri on Twitter, and I think I'm Danielle Riendo writer on, on Facebook. Facebook. Patrick, uh, you find me at Patrick Klubik on Twitter and uh, Pete Klubik uh, on Facebook. I am at Austin underscore Walker on Twitter, at Austin Walker Games on Facebook. Uh, you can also find Waypoint at Waypoint on Twitter and at Waypoint Vice on Facebook. All of our articles get posted there. Obviously, you can also go to waypoint.vice.com, waypoint.zone, bazinga.zone, digitalpyramids.com. You already know what it is. Visit the site. Read some stuff. We have some great stuff in the hopper, as it were, yeah. coming up this week. Some very exciting things. You can also write in and send us questions by where, – where can they do that, Danielle? They can go to gaming at vice.com. Uh-huh. Subject line, questions. There it is. That's what you got to do. Gotta thanks, rip. as always, to Tim Barnes, who is producing and Thank engineering you, our podcast right now. Uh, and thanks, as always, to Bowen, who does the song Miss You, who's our, our theme song, as the intro and, and outro off of his EP, uh, Pale Machine. You can find out more info on him at uh, waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Yeah. That's going to do it for this week. Or not this week. I wish it was this week. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Dawson, it's Monday! Oh, no! I've left. I've the left. week is over! It's Yay! Terrible. The week is Austin over! Austin said oh, the I week said is it's over. over! That means everybody gets to go home! <laughs> it's almost holiday time. We'll get, a, we'll get a bit of a break soon, but until then, we're going to have to keep hustling. Yeah. You stay hustling out there, too. You can get through this week. We can all do it. We can do it together. Yeah. Deep breath. Face tomorrow. Peace. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.